that is that is our part. Now, some uh, a lot of us we've confessed a sin, but after that we still feel guilty about the same sin. That's called false guilt. That can be from the enemy. He drags us back and has us think about this thing and. And the guilt that we feel, if we've already confessed it and received the Lord's forgiveness for that sin, then we're no longer worthy of blame, and it's false guilt. Then we, re- we renounce that and tell Satan that that has been confessed. Get out of here. Resist him. However, there's another thing. Secondly, you might have been hurt or offended by somebody. They did something to you. They hurt you, Right? Okay, what do you need to do in that case? Somebody's hurt you deeply, wounded you. Then that is, a, that is when we take that hurt. Briefly, take it to the Lord Jesus. Take that person in your mind who's hurt you and stand them before the Lord Jesus in your mind and list and tell Jesus all of the hurts they've done to you. List them. Be specific. Don't generalize and just, just some general thing. Well, Lord, they, they, uh, they were mean to me. You, you spell it out, exactly what they did. Name the sin they did against you. Tell it to Jesus. And then release them over to the Lord Jesus. That's called forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't forgetting what they did. Forgiveness is releasing them to the Lord and then he will take care of them. He's, he's the one that avenges and takes care of, of what needs to be done in the, the vengeance department, the revenge. So, um, our thought, let's, let's take an illustration. I have a thought that comes into my mind. I'm not forgiven for that sin that I confessed. Now, what does my feeling, what do I feel? My thought says, I don't, I'm, I'm not forgiven. My feeling says, I still feel guilty. And we just talked about how to deal with that. If it's a, if it's a sin I've already confessed, then I stand on the truth that God has forgiven me. If it's false guilt, then that's what I do. I stand on the truth that God has forgiven me. And I choose to believe the truth and not the lie that Satan would bombard my mind with. Okay, number two is to renounce or to um, refuse to accept as true the lies, the condemning thoughts, all of that stuff that comes bombarding our mind. It says in Scripture to resist the devil and he will flee from you. How do we resist the devil? Well, let's look at this, the example of the Lord Jesus. When he was tempted by Satan, 40 days without food, he was really weak, wasn't he? Weakened. Um, he was tempted to turn the stones into bread to satisfy his hunger. Jesus did not argue with Satan. He just merely said what? It is written. He is God's word. He spoke out loud, and we do too need to speak out loud when, the, uh, we're, when we're 
renouncing a sin uh, against the enemy, when we're resisting the enemy. Why out loud? Because Satan is not omniscient. He is not God. He, uh, God can read our thoughts, but Satan's not omniscient, and he cannot read our thoughts. So we need to speak out loud and tell him, I resist that, Satan. This is the truth. I, I am forgiven. I've confessed, and I, I believe God's word, not you. Number three, okay, we're down to the third R for right thinking, is to replace the negative thoughts with God's truth. It isn't just enough to recognize wrong thinking. That's number one, to recognize it. It isn't enough to, remove, to, to uh, renounce it and remove it. That is number two. Because if we just merely recognize it and remove it, a flood of more thoughts is going to come in and fill up that empty spot in your mind. Just like the illustration Jesus gave of the man who had unclean spirits in him. They were cast out, seven unclean spirits, out of this man's life. The, his life was left empty and clean. But what happened? That it remained empty. And so uh, more came in than, than were gotten rid of and, and came back into his life. So we need to replace with the God's truth. Um, we need to fill up our minds with God's truth. When your baby had a dirty diaper, did you merely check it and say, oh, yeah, I, I see, baby's got a dirty diaper here. Boy, got to do something about that. Just leave it on all day. No. What you do is you first take off the dirty one and remove the dirty one, and then you replace it with a clean one. In the same way with our thoughts, we must not only identify our stinking thinking, as Zig Ziglar has so graphically put it, we must replace that stinking thinking with God's truth, which cleanses our mind. Romans 12.2 is something I pray very often. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I need that. I need that every day. I get pretty comfortable with my thoughts that I've had, you know, for, from years back, the thoughts that I grew up with and that carried into my adult life. Those become pretty familiar and comfortable, and it's real hard to change. And it isn't automatic, as I already mentioned. In fact, it's downright spiritual warfare. Right up here, battleground, mind. One thing I think that is real helpful in renewing our mind is to praise God. Praise is a wonderful tool to use. And, but, you know, praise is just great when we're feeling really good, isn't it? We, it's just, it just flows out of our life when we're when things are going great and we're getting along with everybody. But 
what do you do when you're in the pits and your feelings are down and you're, you're struggling with thoughts that are just negative and condemning and destructive and all of that? Why, have you tried desperately to praise God when you're in the pits and when your mind is distracted and you can't focus? I've tried it. It's tough. Well, isn't it, isn't it really dishonest to praise God when you don't feel it, when you don't feel thankful? Isn't that dishonest? Well, it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. It doesn't say, when you feel thankful, then praise God. It says in everything. And the everythings include the goods and the bads, right? The negative and the positive. In everything. So God must have a plan here. He must know something um, that, that's for our good. And sure enough, he does. Dr. John Mitchell from Multnomah School of the Bible uh, puts it this way. To give thanks when you don't feel like it is not hypocrisy, it's obedience. I like that thought. To give thanks when you don't feel like it is not hypocrisy, it's obedience. A little book that has been a, a, a real companion to me is called 31 Days of Praise. And it has a section in the front and the back about the, the value and the benefit of praise in our lives. And then it has 31 days of prayers, all different kinds of prayers. They're all taken from script. They're all scripture that is put in um, everyday language. And then at the end of the prayer, it tells you by paragraph where the, the thoughts from that prayer came from, the scripture verses that are, um, that are listed in order by paragraph. It's just been a tremendous little book and it, it's just helped me so many times when I can't even uh, get my thoughts together coherently enough to pray I'll open this and read and it's just like yes Lord I, I agree with you this, this is just expressing my heart I'd like to share with you some thoughts here that uh, help me get a handle on praise to give thanks when you don't feel like it does not mean does not mean you should deny your negative thoughts and feelings and attitudes and sweep them under some inner emotional rug. It doesn't mean you should repress them into some deep cavern where again and again they can sneak back into your thoughts and press you into unwise choices and filter past your defenses to pollute the emotional atmosphere around you. Notice David and the other psalmists were honest about their feelings, facing them and telling God about them. They knew how to pour out their hearts before him. They praised, often they praised God first, then they expressed their disturbed emotions and their perplexities and even their complaints. But after this, they went on to praise God again despite their struggles. They did not deny their feelings or ignore them nor did they wallow in them until they all but drowned. 
And it doesn't seem that they postponed their praise until they had worked through their emotions and felt better. Instead, they mingled an honest outpouring of their feelings with sincere God-honoring praise. And aren't you glad that they recorded, it's recorded in Scripture, a lot of that in, in the Psalms and in other places? I am. I'm real glad. Psalm 42, David says, or the writer of Psalms says, Why are you cast down or discouraged, O my soul? And why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will praise him. I will yet praise him. I'm not yet doing it, but I will yet feel the praise, right? I'm praising him with my with my, with my choice, but I don't feel it in my emotions, but I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. One more little excerpt from 31 Days. What happens when we follow the example of the psalmists, when we express our impressions and feelings, yet choose to keep praising in spite of how things seem to us? I find that sooner or later, often sooner, the Lord releases me from being a slave to my distressing emotions. He unties the tight knots within me and settles, settles my feelings, though he may not answer my questions about how he's handling my affairs. And when at times praise does not quickly bring inner freedom and joy, I can say, Lord, I can't praise you in the same way I did last week or last year. I can't seem to respond to you with the same sense of delight and celebration, but I do choose to lift you high, praising you for who you are and for what you mean to me. That really speaks to me. And finally, another thing that as we replace with the truth, we not only need to do this with truth uh, verbally and truth in our mind, but you know there's another way that God wants us to use the truth, and that is truth in action, love one another, truth that is not just lip service, but truth that is put into action. I like the way it's, uh, it's put in... Um, 1 John 3, 19 and 20. Dear children, let us stop just saying that we love each other. Let us really show it by our actions. It is by our actions that we know we are living in the truth. So we will be confident when we stand before the Lord, even if our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Isn't that great? If I am living the truth and choosing to do loving actions toward those around me, especially my family where it's the hardest place to do it, if I am choosing to be obedient to God and live out love and the truth in love, then it says here that we can be confident when we stand before the Lord even if our hearts condemn us. Now, I think that, in my opinion, when our, that this hearts condemn us, I think that must be false condemnation, the, the feelings that we have. So 
that's just my opinion on that particular um, phrase of the verse. But um, okay, it's time for a practical project. Take that piece of paper and um, turn it over the blank side. Hopefully, you have some room left, and um, fold that paper in half long ways, top to bottom. Okay, crease it down. Now, this is a project that that I've done personally, and I've shared it with other ladies, too. On the left side, I want you to write the word lies or feelings. And on the right side, write truth or facts. So on the, the left side, you're going to write the word lies. Or underneath that, you can put feelings. Because a lot of times, our feelings are, are lies. They're not, they're, not, they're not the truth. I'm not saying all our all our feelings are, but a lot of times they are. Okay, on the right side, you're going to write the word truth or facts. Why is writing it out so important? We're going to write, um, I'm going to give you an illustration of, of writing down the lies that are in, the, in our mind, in my mind, the lies that I struggle with. And then the right side is the truth. Okay, whose truth? Well, God's truth, right? We're going to try and find some scripture that will help us because the only thing that is really going to counteract the lies from the enemy that, that we struggle with is God's truth. Our, our minds constantly, constantly need to be reinforced with God's truth. It says uh, in Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another daily while it is called today. Okay. Um, line number one, nobody would love me if they knew the real me. Okay, nobody would love me. That's a lie. If they knew the real me. Or I'm unlovable. Could, that, that might be another lie. I'm unlovable. The truth is, I'm loved by God unconditionally, even though he knows all about me. There could be many verses we could put down for God's love. John 3.16, God so loved the world. John Romans 5.8, God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Number, this is number two, this is another lie. It's hopeless I cannot change my negative critical attitudes. I'm hopeless. I can't change. The truth is, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things that God wants me to do through Christ who strengthens me. I can do everything that God wants me to do through Christ who strengthens me. Don't expect, again, instant, quick changes. It's a lifelong journey, spiritual journeys. Um, are long, lifelong, and they are, they are, they are struggles. Forming godly character is a lifelong process. Wish it was instant, but guess it, because we can't hope for that. We are born again in our spirit, not in our mind. Our mind needs to be renewed daily, and that comes through renewing it with God's word. Um, Philippians 2.12 is another truth that we can use, apply to that lie that I'm hopeless, I can't change. 
it says, work out your salvation, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It says, work out your salvation. Now, that doesn't mean work for your salvation. We don't work for it. Work it out means to work it into our life. When you make uh, bread, homemade bread, and you've got this dough there, and it's too gooey, too moist, what do you do? You put more flour in it. You put sprinkle flour on the top. Now you work it in. Work it down. Work it in. Okay. That's what we, we do in our, in our Christian life. We work in our salvation. That means that God's truth, Christ's truth, we are working that into our life day by day, uh, test by test, thought by thought, truth by truth. Um, no, and then the, the last um, why I'll share today, just for sake of illustration, is the third one. I'm spiritually defective. I'm of no use to God. Um, I'm spiritually defective. I'm of no use to God. The truth is uh, that God uses weak people. In 1 Corinthians 2, 3, Paul the Apostle Paul, the great apostle who went all over sharing the gospel, who was a great teacher, preacher, missionary, when he went to Corinth, he said, I came to you and I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling. Paul said that. Wow. So when I feel spiritually weak and defective, I can just admit it to God and say, Lord, use me. Didn't he say uh, in 1 Corinthians 4, 7, he says, we have this treasure of the gospel in our weak bodies to show that this all-surpassing surpassing power is from God and not from ourselves. That's great, isn't it? And, of course, um, the passage where Paul prayed to have the thorn taken away, the thorn in the flesh, and God said, my power is made perfect in weakness. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And so, a lot of times I feel weak. I feel inadequate. I feel incapable. But the truth is that God uses the weak things, the foolish things of this world, to shame the wise. He, somehow that's his plan. He gets glory from using weak things and then it's obvious to others, if, if he's using things that are weak and inadequate, that it isn't our power, it isn't my power, but it's God's power. And then he gets the glory. Okay, this is a review. I want you to tell me what the three R's to right thinking are. Number one, recognize those lying thoughts and feelings. Okay, number two, renounce. Okay, and number three, replace them with the truth. John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus said, If you abide in my word, that means if we obey his word, he says, you are truly my disciples. That really shows you're my disciples. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Isn't that great? Promise from God's word. If we 
choose to obey his truth, to live his truth, to take his truth into our minds and, and memorize it, meditate on it, think about it. He says, you are really my disciples. That shows that you're my disciples, and you will know the truth, and it will set you free. Let's close in a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you today that you are alive, that you are interceding for us in heaven. You know our weakness. You know the struggles that we have. I thank you that you are interceding great high priest and I thank you today Lord that we don't have to be um, tossed to and fro by every thought that comes into our mind we can cooperate with you and choose to renounce the thoughts that do not please you and replace them with your thoughts Thank you for each lady today that has made a special effort to come out. And I pray that, that you would take these words from your word and encourage each lady's heart in the, the spiritual journey that she's on, in the spiritual battle, the battlefield, the battleground of her mind, to bring every thought and make it captive, make it, make it obey Christ. I thank you that we can resist the evil one, Satan, the accuser of the brethren, our accuser before God, that we can resist him by your holy word, by the truth. Thank you today that you have given us uh, moment by moment uh, opportunity to walk in your spirit and to have our mind renewed and in that way to experience victory. Choice by choice, thank you. And how great you are, Lord. We praise you today that you are great above all gods, all gods. There is none like you. There is none but you. You are worthy to be praised, honored, and worshipped. In Jesus' name. I have something that I want to give you today. I have a little bookmark that says, Who am I? And this is, in fact, we'll go ahead and pass these out so you can be looking at them while I chatter on here. Just take one and pass it down. These little bookmarks are who we are in Christ from A to Z. And it has a scripture verse, a reference, and um, from A to Z. So A, for instance, I am alive with Christ. These are, this is who I am. This is really who I am as a child of God. Everybody get one? Okay. This is something you can keep in your Bible or just wherever. And uh, this, is, uh, this is great reinforcement for when, when you feel an attack in your mind. 
you can maybe one particular area and, and you spot something here that that you need to reinforce and then you can turn to that scripture or you can just re rehearse it in your mind. This is who I am in Christ. And uh, you use this with the children too. This could be, you can turn this into a fun little game. The ABCs of who I am in Christ. So this has been fun. I've enjoyed sharing with you today. And uh, thank you so much for coming out on this busy day, uh, busy Saturday. And uh, I honor you for coming. And have a great afternoon and evening. So you're...